I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend just a little bit of your time with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about life abundant, this gift that Jesus offers his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message, life abundant, wherever they went. Many of the letters we have in the New Testament include the phrase grace and peace. This is a greeting, certainly, but it's also much more than that. It's a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to share how I'm growing in a life with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share some of those those stories, those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to share these moments with me. My prayer is that as we spend this time together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. Every Easter, I find myself reminiscing about the celebrations of my childhood. Mom always had us dressed up in a new Easter outfit. Dad always took us to a really special Easter luncheon. Church was always full. My pastor seemed to bounce all morning long, and the music was always something that was uh, really memorable. Easter was something to anticipate, to look forward to as much as any other day in the year. Yeah, the candy and the baskets, they were great, but it was... It was pretty small in comparison to Christmas. There's something, though, about Easter that just seemed to beam that day. There's something about it. I remember hearing Pastor Larry, one of my childhood heroes, saying Easter was the Super Bowl Sunday for the church. I later learned that the ancient church called this the festival or the feast of Easter. That's certainly what my childhood Easter's were, festivals. I think what I loved most was that Everybody seemed to have a little extra pep in their step. I noticed more, more people humming. Everyone seemed to be smiling. It was, a, it was a no grumps allowed day. Well, this Easter was a whole lot different, very different than any of uh, my past celebrations. My special outfit this year included regular old, regular old pajamas as we tuned in for our online worship service. Since the pandemic and closing of in-person worship, my church has pre-recorded our services, so I preached my Easter sermon on Monday, Thursday to an empty church building. Well, even with those radical changes, Easter still brought all those past memories racing to my mind. I grew up thinking that the real focus for our church, anyway, was Christmas, Easter, and then every other week. I had no clue that the church has long held a a year-long calendar that invites us to enter into all kinds of special times or focuses that help keep and deepen faith. Since learning of the calendar, I've discovered that my favorite season, well, it's actually the very short 10-day period from Ascension to Pentecost. As I studied these two days in particular, I came to the realization that they are pivotal moments in the life of a Jesus follower. 
These are the days that the rest of the story of Scripture are building towards. Sure, Easter is the great victory, but the story doesn't end there. In fact, the sequels to Easter, well, they they make Easter all the more important. Let me try and explain my thoughts. The story of the Old Testament tells us how creation began, how it was corrupted, and then how God began to put into work this plan to rescue us from the mess, really, that we have made. The violent act of sin ripped and tore apart the fabric of what God had called good. God's holiness cannot stand that sin, and God could have just thought and everything would be gone. Poof, no more. But as God is holy, God is also full of love, and God's love decided to rescue instead of wipe out. We see God's reach of mercy repeatedly presented throughout the stories of the Old Testament, and we see provisions made for God's people to be covered of their sin. But underneath all those stories, there is this longing for complete redemption. There is a hope that what was violently ripped apart would be renewed and restored. And so throughout the pages, we find hints that God will still do something, that God would end our exile. Some of the hints included individuals specifically called out and empowered with this creating, hovering spirit of God in their lives. They led like Moses and David. They prophesied like Samuel and Elijah. They fought battles like Gideon and Deborah. They pressed the people to return and trust in God like Hezekiah and Josiah. These folks had, in in small doses and for short times, the presence of the Holy Spirit in and with them. It was hoped that one day this same Spirit would come on all God's people. The prophet Joel even spoke of this hope. When Jesus' birth was announced, it wasn't just that a special baby was being born, but that God's plan was finally happening. The rescue operation was occurring, albeit unlike what anyone had thought, but it was still happening. The angels declaring glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth, and goodwill to all humanity. These are the early announcements that redemption has come. Jesus' baptism and his ministry, they're connected to one single revealing epiphany mission that the kingdom of God has come. His healing and miracles were moments of the way God designed the world that were now breaking into this broken world. His teaching, they reordered the way people thought about how life was supposed to be lived. His ministry alarmed the powers that be for a reason. See, he was saying to those powers, you're pretty paltry compared to what God has in mind. His death, well, it breaks the power of death. It severed the control that sin had. His blood not only covers our sin, but it removes our sin. His resurrection was a victory over all the brokenness and dominion of the evil one. This resurrection says that the new creation has begun. The empty tomb said that what God had meant for creation was once again possible. These events that we celebrate every year, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, where Jesus was revealed and his ministry begins, Lent, Holy Week, and Easter all tell us this redemption story. But while the work was done, there's still things that needed to occur. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus ascends to the throne of all that is. For so long, sin and death had ruled this plane, but now no more. God, in the person of Jesus, is in charge. The ascension says that the broken and dislocated creation is actively being renewed. 
And then 10 days after he ascends, Jesus fulfills the promise to never leave, never leave us. He gives us that very creative, consoling, comforting, empowering spirit of God to dwell in all of God's people. Think about that. The same order over the chaos of creation dwells in you and I. The same spirit that empowered Moses, Samuel, David, and Elijah empowers us. The spirit that rested on Jesus at his baptism rests on you and me. The work of Jesus on the cross has been accomplished, no doubt, but it is in the days that follow that his work becomes our work. In the ascension, his kingdom comes, his kingdom come is our kingdom mandate, responsibility. In Easter, we are saved, and in Pentecost, we are indwelt with the life-giving presence of God and sent to do as the Father had sent the Son to do. As these new realities began to settle in on me, I noticed a difference in my yearly focus. I still get really excited for Easter, no doubt, but I also get really excited to celebrate the Ascension and Pentecost. These days keep the crescendo rolling, and they release me into the summer and fall to live, or at least prepared to live, differently, as if if the kingdom were on earth, truly as it is in heaven. So as we celebrate Pentecost this week, I hope and pray that you'll find yourself filled with anticipation for a new, fresh outpouring in your life of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll remember that the cross stands, that the tomb is empty, and that the king is on the throne. And I pray that you and I will begin to see our work, that it's far from finished, that we are sent with his mandate, empowered to accomplish accomplish it. And I pray that as we celebrate, a new pep will be in all our steps. Next week on the Life with Grace and Peace podcast, we're going to head back to uh, Henry Nouwen's book, Following Jesus, as we reflect on his words and this invitation that he gives us, uh, what it means to be a disciple. I hope you've enjoyed this time together. And if you have, uh, you'll share it with a friend. This weekend, as we celebrate Pentecost, Know that I'm going to be praying that you're going to have a moment where you're going to know that the plan God put in place included you. That His Spirit dwells in you, empowers us, consoles us, and offers us way more. That the King is on the throne. And so as you go, may God's love, the Son's grace, and the Spirit's presence be yours as we walk this life with grace and peace.